You want to see how I drink my beer? So I have a head on the beer right now. Watch I this. know how you drink your, your beer. I don't think you I don't think it's it's drinking. Why don't you just slam? Is that how you see do that it? right there? See that? See see the bubbles on my mustache? That's how we drink them in Belgium. Call it the Belgium dip. Do you and like that? How, how deep your dip indicates how much of a man you are? Yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. Don't look at me while you do it. Mm-mm. Eye contact, right there. I don't need to see it. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You need to see it. Why wouldn't you want to see that? It's amazing. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. So here we are again reviewing Shyamalan. The last time we reviewed him uh, was Glass. We were supposed to review him for Old. You beat me to that movie and said, hey, big guy, we're not reviewing this movie. God, we, we reviewed damn near all of Batista's movies. Almost. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> he has the golden microphone for sure. He's he's on a roll. That's that is for sure. Wow. So so before we talk about the movie, because I think we kind of have a big question to ask, and not only each other, but I think we have a question for the audience. Where are we right now with with uh with a uh, Shyamalan? I mean, this is a career that you and I have watched since 98, 99. I mean, this this career has ups and downs, man. Yeah, it, it really does seem that M. Night does the one thing really well and then the other stuff really bad. <laughs> like what? I mean, like, I mean, because let's 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 really look at his body of work. Because I really wanted to talk about that because this does not seem like a Shyamalan movie. This seems like a very generic un like his mo kind of movie this you're i i would uh say yes and no like he has his signatures that he puts into his movie and this movie has a lot of them i like his style his i will always say that he's very good at building the suspense he's very good every time at, at, at doing that and every one of, of his movies you can't argue that, at least for the part of it, he, he will lure you in with the premise and it is enticing enough to follow through. It's just that follow-up that he's just not too good at. It it Whether it leaves you dissatisfied or completely unsatisfied, it, it's just never enough to meet that that one where you just go, wow, you know, like maybe that one intro from Sixth Sense if we want to completely compare it to that. But... It never leaves you just going, yeah, that was, that was it. That was the movie. It just kind of seemed like, all right, well, thanks for that story. That that definitely happened. Thank you. It's not really what I would choose to end that movie, but it. I, I feel like the other movies that we reviewed or how we've talked about him kind of were the same way. Right, because uh, I actually compare him to, music-wise, I compare him to Guns N' Roses. And, and 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 hear me out. Guns N' Roses came out with Appetite for Destruction, arguably one of the greatest you know hard rock albums of all time, right? Okay. And every album out there after that had some good hits on it, but they were pretty much stinkers, right? And I was trying. The reason why I'm thinking about this because um, I'm just like, what has Shyamalan really done? And he's given us pretty much everything but stinkers. I mean, it's, everybody's kind of going on the Signs bandwagon right now, and I don't see it. Signs is not a good movie. At all. What do you mean there's a bandwagon? Like, there's more of an interest in it? 
Yeah, there's more of an interest, and it's like, oh my god, the water! It's like, it, well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. if it's that your greatest weakness, then why go to a planet where it's, you know, like, right. but I would say, again, in that movie, he does a great job at building the suspense. I will say that the cornfield shots are one of the greatest, uh, um, you know, or at least one of the most memorable that I could think of. Oh, it's just... It's not necessarily the the light that he puts onto it. It's it's the focus that he puts onto the main uh, okay. part of the frame and the way he distorts the the outside. All right. So then, when do you think was the fallout? People argue with me. Uh, a lot of people that I talked to about Shyamalan, uh, they say that the fallout was Lady in the Water yeah. or the Village, <laughs> or the Village was the fallout. Uh, I actually think. The happening was the fallout. I will always defend that movie. After the happening, I think, is when he was kind of... Because Uh, I think the happening was made in the wrong era. If it was made in the 1950s, the movie would have been perfect. I I mean, I I like the idea. I I think The Village was his fallout. I think... uh, After Signs, I think the whatever studio he had twisted him. And to kind of keep on making them more, and they were just like, uh, or I could be completely wrong, and maybe he was smart enough to to just think, all right, I have a brand here, let's just keep on making this thing happen, and people will will come to see the brand, they'll come to see this twist, you know, like that's they the go whole to point, a, yeah, yeah. So maybe he was just doing that just to kind of ride the train a little bit, but then in that case, it would it would it would have been from signs. <laughs> Right. Okay. So then, so then, my other question with him, and and I and I am going to talk about the movie that we're reviewing. I just curious what we feel about Shyamalan here. Uh, we reviewed the visit back way back. So that was his kind of like I am back movie. He made a POV camera movie about crazy old people that they thought were grandparents and mental health. That was not a great movie. We didn't give it good reviews. I think we gave it a small, but it was something that was showing that Shyamalan was doing something different again. And then he just won us over with, with, uh, with, with split. I mean, split is probably his second greatest film, maybe his first. What'd you say? I, I, I really did likes, but I think that that was great. I like that. Uh, um, he was trying to build this world. Like he was trying to build like this kind of super world, and unfortunately, it was just ill-timed with the Marvel world and like the two t- in the two thousands, right during like the same yeah. Raimi Spider-Man hype. Right, and then we get you know Glass, which was a stinker, and then Old. So now we're back here with uh, Knock at the Cabin, based on the book called Cabin at the End of the World. Yes, e- Cabin at the End of the World. Is that what it is? By uh, Tremblay? By Precious. I mean, Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, by um, Paul Tremblay. Right. So did you know right. anything about this going into it? Uh, no. Other than anything that, that uh, Sarah has told me. Uh, but I knew, yeah, I knew nothing. No, and then from the trailer itself, that was it. Which... The trailer was again. Uh, I thought it was interesting, so I w- wasn't dreading going to see this movie. Right? No, I wasn't. I was actually excited because I was actually more excited about this than old. I think it's because the ending of old kind of got spoiled for me. And the one thing about this movie that I find interesting too is that this is not your typical Shyamalan movie where there's a twist. Yeah. I mean, like, there's not a twist at the end. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, like, if this was if this was old school, full of himself, ego Shyamalan, 
all of this would have been a lie and the apocalypse didn't happen. That would have been the twist. You know, like I was wondering at one point if like they would let the world just end, then it would remind me of that. Uh, is it was it this is the end of this? Yeah, of, of, of uh, this is the end. Yeah, yeah, the Seth Rogen movie. Yeah. So okay, so I kind of want to talk about this. Um, sometimes in our episodes we do a plot, sometimes we don't. But I guess the basic one of this is we got uh, two dudes who are married, their dads to this adopted Chinese girl. And they take a family trip to this cabin in the middle of the woods, kind of like Cabin Fever, right? And then Dave Bautista and three people, two women and another guy, show up and say, hey, the world's going to end. One of you got to kill yourselves. Basically the plot. One of the things I find interesting about this, though, is that I don't think that the three would have died because uh, Leonard is Dave Bautista's character. He says to them in the middle of the movie, he's like, hey um, – if we all die and you guys don't sacrifice yourself, you will be free to wander the earth, you know, for eternity, just in darkness. That's what yeah. he says. So it's like, interesting. Okay. So right off the bat, what I really, really dig about this movie that, that made me go, Oh, this is interesting was I love the cinematography in it, but, um, we get when right. the adopted Chinese girl, she has this uh, scar on her lip from a hair that she was born with. And how creepy predatorly, predatorly was Bartista just walking out of the woods out of nowhere. And he's just soft and sweet and saying grasshoppers. Dude, I have not felt this uncomfortable with the little girl since Pennywise in It Chapter 2 underneath the bleachers. Like, like dude, like, dude, dude, this is textbook, like, craziness right here. Oh yeah, I, they did a great job too. Oh uh, my god! I, uh, the parts where they were doing the very, very close-up shots reminded me of uh, Silence of the Lambs. I thought I, I really, really thought it was great. I think this is the most praise the movie's going to get from me, but I cannot hype the beginning up. This kind of reminded me of how much I loved the opening of the Mortal Kombat reboot. Just really, really great. Really loved it, and then kind of going down that territory a little bit. Yeah, but it, it, yeah. But yeah. I was I was really digging this opening. Creepy, creepy, creepy. This is what a child killer would do. I'm yeah. not saying he's a child killer, but this is text. It was tense. It was it was a great job building that up. Right. I liked again. We get those those shots that I was talking about where it would show the camera on the forest, and right. it would do like this this weird pan, like this focus pan, and the edges would be kind of out of focus a little bit, but it would be, you know, it's, it's really good effect. It was good. It was good. Uh, I liked the effect. It kept you looking everywhere. And then eventually you get to see the three other people come in. Right. But, but before we get to that, Dave Bautista had a great line. Uh, he was, they were doing a game where uh, him and Wen were talking, they were catching grasshoppers. And then they had a game of get to know you. And he asked her about her scar and she replied about how she got her scar and then she says, what about you? And he goes, I have a scar, but it's inside. It's my heart. It's broken from what I'm about to do. And I went, oh, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? <laughs> you know, like, okay, that's a good line. Like, I mean, because the reason why I think I'm intimidated is because this is a big guy. Yeah. You know, like, this isn't some scrawny, Jeffrey Dahmer looking guy. This is a big guy. Yeah, he's, so he's like, <laughs> he's a, mammoth he's of a, a man. Big, right. And then, boom, it starts. So we get the two dads here. I'm sorry, what were the dads' names? 
uh, what was it? Yeah, Eric and uh, I remember the one obviously because it's you know it's Bill me. and Frank. It's your boy. Uh, Eric and uh, Andrew. Eric and Andrew. Yes. All right. So Eric and Andrew, I'm assuming they're married. Um, who knows? But let's just say they are, and they adopt this little girl. So Dave Bautista and these three other people come out of the woods, and what I also find creepy is. Again, Leonard, played by Bartista, he's so polite the whole time. Yeah. He, he loses his cool once. Well, that's that's what's even more uh, alarming about everything, right, is that right. They're, it's, it's, they're very much oh, being invasive against everyone, including their own will. Right. So I think we're doing the review, and the fans who are listening um, – uh, a disservice. We got to do this a little bit differently because we know the plot. We know how this is going to go. So bear with me. But let's get into it. Where it's let's Dave get, Bautista. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So so Dave Bautista and these three other individuals, throughout how however many years, days, months, have had these visions. They don't know each other at all, right? And they have these visions that the earth is going that the world's going to end that it's going to start with um tsunami it's going to then it's going to be a plague then the sky's going to fall you know and then eternal darkness right yep. and then the go and the vision on. is for some reason all four of these individuals have the vision of they have to go to this cabin meet with these two dudes and their daughter and one of them has to willingly sacrifice themselves, kill themselves, in order to save the world. It's that question of save one to save seven billion kind of scenario. Yep. So Heard it a, a lot million of questions. Times, you know? Right. We have a lot of questions about this because this is laid out to be a mystery. So they, of course, of course, the guys are like, "Don't come in, don't come in." But a lot we get the struggle, and eventually. Everybody comes in. I thought that was Ron Weasley, the ginger redneck, for a minute. That is. Is that not? Is that Ron Weasley? That, that is, yes. That is Ron Weasley? His name's Rupert Rupert Grint, yes. That was him? I was like, what the? <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. I was like, hey, look, that guy looks like Ron Weasley. Did you really not know that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my man. goodness. Yeah, yeah, dude, this is do, a skit. Do That's all real. gingers look alike to you? not to you i mean they suffer from a rare disease gingivitis well i was able to see the name on the on the credit and that's when i said oh well i did not expect this let's i didn't pay attention let's to buckle that. up all right well it was interesting to see him so uh so we got uh ron weasley here playing this uh redneck if you will character then we get uh this woman who's a nurse for, again, everybody's from different areas of the country. Then we get this young lady who is a line cook, and then we get Leonard, Dave Bautista, who is a second-grade teacher. That's right. So immediately these guys think that they're there for gay bashing. That's 100% what they believe. Um, I think that these guys are like justified in their reactions, don't you? Well, yeah, because – and this is where I thought it was – I don't know if they did this in the book. I would imagine that they would – uh, but a lot of these shots, these flashbacks were very unnecessary. It didn't do anything. Yeah. It didn't do anything. It, you yeah. know, to, I mean, as far as reference goes, the only thing that it did was like the bar fight because it would just show that obviously these guys are used to being oppressed and, and have, a, you know, 
have an exposure to it. Or that's the reason why he got it, why Andrew got a gun, was to get protection, and that's why he put that. Like, that makes sense. Uh, uh, but I guess, like, the parents, like, we don't see them again. Like, well, that was a stupid scene. Yeah, yeah. It's so, uh, yeah, I. That's what we assumed, right? Right. Well, there are there are there are three flashbacks throughout this modern time thing, and the first one was them getting the uh, the the daughter from China. Uh, the second one was one of their parents was not upset that they're gay, but you're know, like, oh, you know, we don't approve, kind of thing. I think that was Eric's um, parents, maybe. And then the third was the bar. Yeah. Um, so right off the bat, like, okay, so, so they go in there, uh, the four go in there, tie the dads up together. They don't tie up the little girl and Leonard, it's just, just suave, just cool. And he breaks this all down, tells them what I just said a little bit ago. The world is going to end. It's going to happen. Uh, of course, none of them sacrifice themselves. So then Ron Weasley sacrifices himself. I don't understand this point. So the vision is. Leonard has to ask these guys to sacrifice himself. If they say no, then one of the four has to sacrifice themselves in a particular order. Then one of the four will kill, will be killed and release a plague onto the world. And a part of humanity will be judged. So when they killed Ron Weasley, that's why the flood happened. Correct. And that's what, before all of them died, they say that a part of humanity has been judged. And then they release uh, their designated vision or that, you know, that they see their plague. Which the first one was the tsunami, right? Yes. Okay, first one was tsunami. Uh, terrifying scene, by the way. Can you yeah. imagine, I, like, I, like the, uh, okay, so they did this news report and everybody was on the beach. There's like a camera phone view, and all of a sudden, this massive, like, 50 foot wave was coming, and everybody's like, "What the heck is that?" Yeah, it was <laughs> like James Jim Cameron's The Abyss, the the other ending. Oh, nice. Um, so then, towards the middle of the movie, though, one of the dads says, "This is not real. This is fake because these are pre-recording. This is not live." That's an interesting take on that. What does that mean that it's not live and it's pre-recorded? Is, is that literally what it is? It's not live. Uh, he he's saying that they're being set up. That this is all like just a bit that they're having. That what they're watching on TV was, you know, was pre-recorded. Man, it's a video. He's playing us a video. Yeah, but he said that there was no live ticker or no time or nothing like that to show that it was live. Plus, also, how would they get live TV out there if their cell phone service doesn't work? Yeah, a lot of a lot of good questions there. Like I, in the age of internet as well too. Like I I, I just um anyway. Yeah, no, I mean I, I, mean, I wonder I, what I, maybe maybe they have satellite on the TV. Maybe it's an antenna, you know that, and they just happen to turn on like you know the local news station there, so we can just give it that. You don't seem like you like this movie. It's it's just like I'm on board. Honestly, in this part, I, I really am. But there's there's a part where I'm rushing it. You know, I'm like sighing. I'm like, all right, speed it up. Let's go. Let's go here. Because I feel like they made their point like a half an hour ago. Yeah. The, is yeah, that, is that fair? Whole, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, one thing, this movie is a brisk hour 30, thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah. But from the – from. From Ron Weasley's kill, 
in this middle chunk of nonsense until the next kill did not need it was unnecessary yeah. it really really was i mean like this could have been a short this could have been an hour maybe yeah you know that that kind of is really what it felt like it, it felt like uh this this short of a movie that was an hour and a half you're right but it felt like it was two hours it just kind of yeah. it just kind of kept on going for for a bit, and then just like, well, we already know what to expect. We already know what's gonna what happen here, so um, I kind of want to see the, you know the, everyone die. I want to see these plagues kind of a, a a bit more here. And after a, a while, you just you kind of like go through the options of how it's going to end, and you right. realize it's like, all right, well, only like one of three, maybe three things, right, could happen. And it's just like, well, all right, let's let's get to the ending here. And sure enough, it's like the first one, you know, like the the world ends. Right. And it's like, oh, they just they went with the obvious, like you know, they went with the to the with the road most traveled. Right. So I want to know that, like, like I want to know when the individual sacrificed himself to release a plague. Uh, why did they put the white hood on their face? Don't know why that is. And then the next one to die is the young line cook who was begging for her life to please don't let me die because I have a little boy, blah, 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 blah. She dies and then a massive, what, disease. Uh, too soon? Is it too soon? No, I, we're over it. We're going to start seeing more movies address it. We already are seeing The Last of Us is huge right now, and that's going to be about uh, a lot of uh, pandemic-related stuff. I think we're going to see a really uh, an upsurge in tick of what it's like to be quarantined uh, in, in those realities. And I hope we don't get sick of it. I hope there's going to be, I don't know, something no unique, that, something good that comes from it. Because otherwise it's just going to be a lot of the same thing over and over. Um, and I don't want to hear that story to death. Well, the end of the uh, disease films will be Outbreak 2. I mean, how many other times have we seen a world catastrophe movie? Oh, hundreds of times. And you would think that we would be prepared for it as a society, but we weren't. So, um, also, too, what's also interesting is that the four people say, oh, we have to design these these specific weapons to look at a specific way to do specific things. It's weird. So by this point in time, uh, there, uh, dudes have a distraction, right? Things are going on. We got a tussle. Uh, one of the dads goes out to the car, uh, gets in, gets a gun. And the one woman, the, the nurse woman's breaking in. Like she's like stabbing him on the side, you know? And like the fun thing too, that I like about the movie is that is that you can tell they don't want to do this. Yeah. Like you can tell. And like, you know, he gets his gun and shoots at her and scares her. Um, Another question. It seems like when the when the one of the four kneels down to get sacrificed, um, it seems like the other ones are in a trance, or is it not? Because one of them vomits after the first one, and like they 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 seem to kind of get out of it. Or am I wrong? Like, did they in, in a trance? Yes. You know, I, I thought that the same. I thought that was happening the first kill after uh, Redmond was killed. Right. That he just kind of like accepted it, you know, he snapped to and said his line and it was just became clear to him before the death. I don't know if that was the, the thing or not, but they all seemed to, to be in shock that all of their visions are starting to slowly come true. And it was very convincing. 
It was convincing because then we get uh, the nurse lady gets shot and the Batista had to like behead her or something for a sacrifice. And then we get planes falling from the sky and all that nonsense. Right? No, that wasn't next. Yeah. Although it looked cool, that was a weird. That was that was a weird thing. What planes falling from planes the sky? Planes just falling from the sky. Well, I mean, Batista said, uh, and, the, "And the sky will fall." How many times in these kind of movies do when people say the sky falls, planes fall? Yeah, I, I mean, that was obvious. It's obvious, right? Right now, it's in the tropes. That's what I'm arguing, right? Sure, it's it's yeah. kind of hitting the tropes. Um, I guess we get a twist if you want to say there's a twist. One of the guys, again, one of the dads, um, has a vision, if you will, himself, has a memory of 13 years ago. Uh, he ran into the redhead, redneck guy at a bar. And Dave Bautista said that he used to be a bartender, but he wasn't the bartender in that uh, bar, was he? No. So this is what I thought was uh, it's pretty interesting, right? Like that selective memory where he's just like, yeah, yeah, it was. And then we get to see that memory. And though that person, the outline, and I would say even the voice sounded and looked like Redmond, you do clearly not see his face, right? Like it No, was, but... It was shadowed out for a reason. So you think that could... So you think what we saw maybe was his thought of what it was, that he was trying to blame this all for being gay. Yeah, you know. Because the whole I, time he was saying that. And I wonder if, uh, well, that was his reasoning for, like, saying that this was all a setup. Right. Yeah, that this is all, like, premeditated. And I, I think that shows to Andrew's character a bit more, where he's he grasps onto you know an answer real quick and then he just charges through it that there's no as as far as we are concerned at least how i took it uh there was nothing clear that said that that was redmond but he used that because it made sense it made sense yeah the guy had the red if you will and what red hair if you will blah 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 but then we get uh batista right slits his throat yeah that was messed up I I enjoyed it, and then you said Andrew. Who's the other dad? The guy who Eric, me, Eric, Eric. How are you forgetting right? that name? Because there's only one Eric in my life, Eric. Uh huh. Nobody else can replace that Eric. Glad you said that. Uh, as Valentine's Day is around the corner. All for you, big guy. Thanks. Um. So Eric is the one who sacrifices himself then. Yeah, he seems to be. I don't know if it's right. the, just the concussion. Or no, I don't think so at all. He just seems to be kind of accepting, just like, oh, yeah, like, I'll, no, I, I'll do it. Dude, dude, this guy was bought hook, line, and sinker. Like, you could tell, like, in his face, like, he was like, no, nah, I don't believe you. But then once he saw, like, that beam of light, like, behind the first sacrifice, and then he sees all these things on TV, dude, believe him. I, I mean, what a weird... I, I... <sighs> True. That's what weird thing to happen because first off, like is for if for the two characters Andrew and Wen to survive that, who's gonna believe them? You you know the the cabin burnt down and had trees crushed, uh, all the evidence and probably you know just just burning it uh to a, a red white hot um you know where it just destroys everything. I don't see how 
their lives are just normal after this. Like, how I would have so many questions. There, there's the religion part of it first. Uh, you, you know, there's the why me part of it. Second is the three. Like, how can I go on with this? Third, who's gonna believe me in this story? Fourth, to, to just be like, hey, remember those uh, that rough week that we had? Those rough two days. I stopped that. I did that. I was a part of that. You know, like you, you, you can't go to Oprah for that. Like you're not gonna get a special. <laughs> Maybe you go to Mari for that one. That seems a bit more like the sun. You know, like some tabloid, something. You know, some some weird internet corner there. But it it just seems so. What? And then at the end of the world too, they were driving, uh, to go back to home because they were just at their Airbnb. And they pull into the gas station, which everyone is at, and uh, they're all eating, uh, or they're not, they're not eating anything. Nobody's eating or working. They're all just watching TV, uh, and that's just it. Uh, and then it just kind of ends. What? Well, doesn't somebody well, say the four? What horsemen is this of the damn movie, Jordan? What? I'm gonna tell you right now. Doesn't somebody say in this movie that these were the yell. four horsemen? I don't mean. Yes, it is. I don't mean to get. And if it is the four horsemen, which, uh, yeah, uh, Eric uh, tells Andrew that at the end. And in that part, it reminds me again that, like, okay, is this going to be another thing of, like, Mother? Is that what happened? Is that M. Night Shyamalan saw Darren Aronofsky's uh, uh, Mother and was just like, yeah, you know what? I can do that. Actually, yes. I I believe what what they're saying. I believe that these four were a take on the four horsemen of apocalypse because once one sacrifices themselves then we get the war the famine right the yeah. drought right what pesculus is that another one that's disease uh, yeah so right there um and also too uh, i'm watching the last of us we may review that in the future we have reviewed shows and in the last episode, there is uh, this goes off of white people in a diner. Well, one of the characters says to another character, uh, should we be staying in the woods? Aren't there infected out here? And he says, no, 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 this is too far off for the infected. They're in the middle of bump heck <laughs> Pennsylvania, right? I mean, like, no diseases coming that way. There's no tsunamis to take anything out, right? We did see plates fall. But this is small town America, right? These are the people that are going to get attacked last. Yeah, so going to be hard to difficult to explain those deaths, huh? Right. So that's why I, I kind of like go with it, right? I, I I truly am taking this movie at face value and believe that these four were in some way the four horsemen of apocalypse. And if you accept that, I I dig it. Not saying that I dig it as a large, but I kind of like the idea of it. You know what I mean? Like having these four do it. And Batista, oh my God, he's so charismatic. Dude, Loved it. I I didn't mind this premise, to be honest. I I, I was kind of all about it. Like I I think it was great. I I feel like I there's a bit that I would do different about that story. I I, I feel like them rushing into it spoiled it too quickly. Therefore, the rest of the movie was uneventful for me. There you go. So well, do... having them to, to build up a bit more, uh, I guess, whether it be uh, having the plagues get increasingly worse 
or have them sign or, or being able to kind of show them faith a bit more and um, prove their visions. Uh, um, did you have a thought on it? Yeah, actually, because I thought they proved their visions pretty well. Uh, would you prefer the twist in the book where Wen gets accidentally shot and dies? Uh, maybe, but n no, because in the movie, I feel like, <laughs> again, like, it's so silly for them to show that scene where they were in China getting Wen, uh, because I feel like if Wen were to, to get shot and die, it's just like, are, does that, what does that mean? That they need to go get another one? Is that? Nice, nice. Whoopsie doopsies. Yeah, hey, sorry, uh, you know, no. uh, the Lord said that uh, we had to kill this one, so we came back to get, so we came back to get another one. Sorry, the four horsemen de uh, deemed us worthy with that last one, so I don't know how you're going to top that one, but. No, I don't know how you're going to top give us that. Your, give us your best, kid. No, I, I actually, and I, and, and, and I think why, uh, why these guys and when were chosen, because actually I kind of believe the relationship, uh, the two guys seem to love each other very much. It seemed like a good, wholesome, uh, you know, American family kind of thing, innocent, if you will. And that's why they, you know, and a virgin sacrifice, if you will. Right. Kind of like, kind of like an agent, like kind of like a, uh, innocent sacrifice. That's so, so cliche though, right? This movie's cliche though. I yeah I guess again the apocalypse end of the world and just isn't anything. And that this movie's not adding anything new to the genre. Uh, it's 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 adding some good shots and it's adding some good charismatic characters. Other than that, it's not adding anything new. We've seen this before, a handful of times. But yeah. do they do it differently? So I, I guess we'll get into our popcorn rating with that. That's where are you at? Where's your popcorn rating for Knock at the Cabin? I'm so just like I don't. I guess that it's a just disappointed feeling. I wanted to like this. It, it uh, um, the camera was great with it. I think that was fine. The characters are great. I do like Dave Bautista. Uh, there is a reason why we are watching a lot of his movies is because uh, he's just he's good. Uh, I, I hope he's. I hope he continues with his career. Uh, everyone else is great. Did you? By the way, did you catch the M Night cameo? Yeah, he was on uh, one of those um, QVC shows. Yeah, right, right. Which which people compared him to Hitchcock, whatever. That's your thing, whatever. I mean, sure. I, whatever. Yeah, he's trying. Uh, I I appreciate all the characters in this show. They did a great job uh, of just being in the cabin and really playing the parts. I have no complaints with any of the actors in it. I don't have a whole lot of complaints about the production uh, of this, or maybe even the sounds of anything else. Uh, it just seemed just like a silly story, I guess, you know, like it just seemed like a half written story. And and that's my only complaint. And then it seemed like M night saw this half written story. And it's just like, Hey, I can make a, a half complete movie. Oh, okay. And, and that's what he did. And that's what we got in an hour and a half of, of a, a maybe apocalypse. Mate. Well, it's almost Jesus Christ. Didn't happen. <laughs> they stopped it. They stopped it, but it was still happening. Think of the millions of people that died. Uh-huh. Well, it's a maybe. All right, so then what's your maybe box? Why do you say that? Because <laughs> there was there were many times when they were just like, and everyone was evacuated. Nobody was hurt. That happened a few times 
with the the flood, right? But then the second time in the Seattle one or the Oregon. Yeah, that was a bad one. Either way. What is it? I'm not gonna watch this movie again to tell you. Right. Oh, so oh, oh my, my popcorn rating. You see? You see I got lost in this movie? Uh uh it's a small. Yeah, yeah, I actually agree with you. I was gonna give it a small myself. Um I don't know if I'll see it again, but not to rehash everything. I I did enjoy, so it's kind of weird saying that it's a small, but like it didn't add anything new to the genre. And I think what makes this kind of movie in such a small location is the cast. And I think they knocked it out of the park with the cast. Um, I just think that the story itself was not finished, like you said. And I think we needed something a little bit more. You could tell this was kind of like an independent film, like on a small budget, too. You could tell that. Yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? I, like, I, I, I wanted to bring that. I, I, to, to, to cut. I wanted to say that. Is there a weird, like, are we catching up? with the quality it does seem like a lot of these movies are playing like youtube movies well i mean that's what people want right i yes but or maybe it's just the production of of what the what the everyman has now and youtube movies are just catching up in those qualities or studios are just finding their their media to go onto those platforms now but Right, like I, I mean, right. a lot of a lot of even special effects, considering, I kind of had the same part uh, where people can make an independent film or, or small movie like this. Hell, you have any any uh, college kid with a red camera out there, and they could probably turn out something like this. Absolutely. So then I have a question for you to make you feel old, and also a legitimate question. Twenty years ago, twenty years ago. Another Cabin in the Woods movie came out, Cabin Fever. Oh, nice. Nice, right? Think about that movie. I think you and I kind of agree that that was like the catapult of the new horror genre, if you will. How is that movie any different than this? You and I like that movie. How is that movie not any more ridiculous or bland as this? Small, local. It was set into the cabin, and everything was focused onto that cabin, Whereas this, anything that they did inside the cabin didn't really affect them directly so much. It affected everything else. So we needed to see a girl shave her skin off in this one. Yeah. like That's, that's what we needed. Okay. Well, that was that was an infectious, like, what was it? The water, right? It was the water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it, that was like that, that curious like question, like, okay, well, who has it? Oh my God! You have it! Oh my God! You have it! Yeah, that that that. Oh, that was a good yeah. movie. All right. Yeah. They, uh, they, they, they locked their friend in the, in the shed. You know. The dog. The dog ate her face, and and of course the jerk character survived until the end because his bet was only to drink beer, and that's why he didn't die. Oh. Mm. Anyway, that's a movie that's brought me back to. See if there's a cabin movie, right? Because the movie came out, dude. That movie came out in two thousand two, two thousand three. So it's twenty years ago. And what a movie. Right. With so, Ryder Strong. What a <laughs> boy, name. Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah. Speaking of meeting world, this one. No, yeah, so like overall, small bag for me, small bag for you. Uh, for those of you who are listening that maybe haven't seen it yet that wanted to check it out, I mean, it's something to check out. It's, 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 it'd be a fun little date movie. Here's another thing. Is it they're, when they're in the cabin, they turn the TV, and did they just turn it to like the one channel? Change, change the channel. 
Right. That's that's another reason why, like, like I think Andrew had a little bit of weight to his. This is pre-recorded stuff. And it would like turn on just to report the other one. I did notice that I was looking for real hard that uh, the tickers would would sometimes show the you know, reference to the other one. So when they're doing like uh, uh, the the X9 virus, you know, they had a ticker on the bottom that said, you know, tsunami victims are still unaccounted right. for or something like that. Uh, so I would think though that there might have if that was going to happen with so close with each other, why aren't there like twenty four hour news just being like, all right, so hey everybody, what the hell is going on? All this right. stuff is happening like back to back to back. Poor production. I mean, let's just be honest. It's just poor production. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, what I guess I want to say is that they should have done the freak out a bit more realistically. I would agree with you on that because it made it look staged. It made it look fake. So the real but, world freak out, not not the actors. You know what I mean? I'm, yes. We hope you guys don't like think them. we're fake. That's why you keep on downloading us. That's a good segue. That was a good one. All right, check us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. But you don't go to the website. You only you only go to the website once, and that's to vote for a Movie Guys Podcast Awards. You download us from your favorite podcast app, and we're on all of them. Any podcast platform that you can think of that you listen to, we are on. So thank you so much for listening. And like always, we'll be back next Thursday again for another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Eric, thanks so much for joining me. Good night.